Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Your getaway with Apple Vacations begins the moment you step on board one of our exclusive nonstop vacation flights. Escape the ordinary with packages starting at just $599. No layovers, just pure relaxation from takeoff to touchdown. Immerse yourself in the joy of travel with Apple Vacations. Your journey is as enchanting as the destination, so pack your bags and leave the rest to us. Visit AppleVacations.com or call your local travel advisor to book your vacation. The NBA playoff. The Sixers are headed to the postseason for the first time since 2012. It's time to talk Sixers. Ben double the Oh, baby. Ben Simmons between the legs, and then he rocks the rim. Here on the broadcast, the official podcast of Sixers.com. Here's a steal by Covington. A three ball is in the air. And good. Robert Covington pours in another three. Now, here's today's episode. It is playoff day in the city of Philadelphia, the greater Delaware Valley, and 76ers nation. The same could also be said in the markets of 15 other postseason teams. But later on tonight, the 76ers, for the first time since the spring of 2012, step on the court for a postseason game taking on the Miami Heat. The Sixers are the three seed. The Heat, of course, are the six seed in game number one of the Eastern Conference quarterfinals at the center. It should be fantastic. Brian Seltzer from Sixers.com welcoming you into a game day edition of the podcast. A reminder that to subscribe to the podcast, you can go to iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or also to SoundCloud, type in Sixers Podcast Network, and that should take you to where you want to go and subscribe if you are not yet a subscriber already. So this is going to be just kind of like a feel it out, see what you can get type of approach to the podcast over however long it is the 76ers are in the playoffs. We might try to track down a player here or there and a member of the media. And for the first postseason edition of the podcast, we're going to have conversations with one of each. We'll speak with Nick Metalinos of ESPN and ESPN Australia about a guy who wears the number 25 uniform for the 76ers and a head coach who spent nearly two decades in the country in just a little bit. But first, let's touch base with Dario Scharch. In his second year with the 76ers, 14.5 points, 6.5 rebounds, 2.5 assists, and 13 double-doubles. A guy that Brett Brown almost sounded like he was implying could be, and I don't want to put words in Brett's mouth, an X-Factor type presence in this series, certainly um, an important component to what the 76ers are trying to do. And I got in a couple questions with Dario before the 76ers held their shoot-around at the training complex in Camden. 
Dario, I think people would look at you as a fierce competitor to now be on the cusp of your first playoff game. How excited are you? Uh, I'm excited, you know, it's my second year here. I passed, you know, last year we got like 28, 39 wins. This year we got like, how many, 52. You know, I've been, I've been here in some kind of, if I can say like that, process, you know, from from young team, young core, talented now to the very good team, you know, who who get the third third seed and I'm so excited, I cannot wait, you know, to play the first first game and uh, you know with these teams we deserve it, you know, and this is just price for us and we need to continue and grab everything what we can. I think of stuff like the block on Pau Gasol in the Olympics, mm -hmm. the way you play in Eurobasket. What gear do you get into when the games take on so much more importance? Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe, I don't know how it's with some guys here, but like, I mean, like, all the time is important game, you know, in Europe, special, like, every game is qualified. If you, if you win, you're going up. If you lose, you're going home, you know, so many games like that I have in my career and... Uh, you know, and I already got some kind of experience in, in, in the playoff situation. Like, I play like Turkey playoff, Croatian playoff, you know, and uh, but it's for sure different than here, but still I got some kind of experience and uh, I know it is like different kind of basketball. Last thing, do you view yourself as an X factor of sorts in this series, someone who can do things a little bit differently, create mismatches? I don't know, it's hard to say. Like, for me, I don't want to like say I think I I was here you know important before this you know and uh, with these guys you know it's hard to say who is X factor but obviously you know we have a couple of good players and uh, everybody is X factor every minute somebody can show up and be the Nick Foles you know and that's the that's the way how this team and how each player in this team needs to think if somebody if you put some on somebody pressure like he's X factor we expect something from him it's hard you know I think all guys, all 13 players can, can get do something, and uh, that's our power. Dario, best of luck. Thanks so Thank much. You. Thank you. Love that tie-in from Dario Scharch that, in his view, anyone on the 76ers roster has the potential to be an X-Factor type player the way that Nick Foles was for the Birds during their run to the Super Bowl. That was uh, some good stuff from Dario, not that you'd expect anything less. So we got our player interview in with Dario Scharch. Now for our media interview. It is playoff time, and that means you never know which media dignitaries might pass through <laughs> Camden, New Jersey, <laughs> awaiting a 76ers shoot-around. And it is great to be catching up with a guy who's been around the Sixers the last couple of years. His name is Nick Metalinos from ESPN, ESPN Australia. And I, Nick, am going to give away a spoiler alert right off the bat because when people hear the sound of your voice... They may have an immediate question of where are you from? Yeah. So before we get into anything, let's tackle um, the hard-hitting question. I'm Queens Astoria, <laughs> New York. <laughs> no, no, I'm from uh, Melbourne, Australia, born and raised, uh, the city of uh, one Ben Simmons. So the line of questioning may be somewhat predictable <laughs> over the course of the next couple of minutes, but uh, I just, I guess, want to start um, how neat has it been for you to follow this team um, 
with the connections of Brett Brown and now Ben Simmons doing what he's done over the course of this year because we've seen you around the last couple seasons even before Ben arrived on the scene it seemed like there was always a neat angle with Brett but now it's like Australia thrust that much more into the forefront yeah I mean I used to come here because uh, obviously with Brett um, and any time I needed a quote on an Australian player or something Australian centric uh, Brett you know as you know he's always great for a quote on on things, so I used to come for that. Now, obviously, you throw Ben into the mix, um, and not just throwing Ben into the mix. The fact that the team is so good and has been playing so well, probably maybe above expectations a little bit, um, it just makes it so much more fun to come over here. And then next year, perhaps Jonah Bolden coming back over. We're going to have the trifecta, so I may not be the only Aussie coming through Philadelphia in the years to come. (laughs) It's awesome. I mean, when you look back over the course of your early life, did you think it would be at a point where at this stage the country is so well represented? I mean, obviously Simmons has been a major headline this year, but that would be doing a disservice to all the other talent that's come out of the country. Yeah, I mean, you know what? I've been following basketball since I was eight years old, so that's 28 years now. Um, and growing up, we had the occasional guy coming through the NBA. Obviously, Luke Long is probably the most well-known three championships with the Chicago Bulls playing with Michael Jordan. But you had other guys who used to come over on 10-day contracts, you know, would come over, come back to Australia. Um, there was never really a guy that could just sort of, aside from Longley, obviously, but would just stick with a roster um, until maybe Bogut came along, number one draft pick. Early years playing pretty well with, with the Bucks. Obviously, injuries hit. But then you started noticing more and more guys making the league. And not just making the league, making rosters, contributing, playing significant minutes, becoming an important part of the rotation. We've got nine guys um, in the NBA now, not counting Kyrie Irving, because I do not count Kyrie Irving, uh, despite what the NBA tries to push on us. Um, and one of those guys is Mango Mathiang, who's on a two-way contract with the Hornets. The other eight guys are on rosters contributing significant you know, minutes playing. Um, I would never have dreamed this, that we're going to have so many guys playing such a key role on NBA teams. And out of those eight guys, I believe four of them have won a championship. And think about some of them that are in the playoffs right now. Yeah. I mean, we've got obviously Ben with the with the Sixers. Delhi and Thon matching up with uh, Aaron Bain Celtics, and that's just on the east. Then you've got Patty Mills, uh, Joey Ingles, and, and Dante Exum over in the west. So most of these guys have made the playoffs this year, which is fantastic. This is the golden era for Australian basketball. People talk about the late 80s, early 90s. This is it right now. And then you almost got to think that, given the way the trends have gone, and if you have a generation of kids in the country growing up and not to presume too much but you would think that there's probably going to be decent following for number 25 on the Sixers what that could do for a whole generation of players it's like Canadians that watched the Vince Carter era Toronto Raptors growing up it seems like it could really have a pretty powerful effect yeah absolutely I was just in Australia so I've just come back um, only a few days ago and that was the first time I'd been home in a couple of years so just to go home and now obviously with Ben playing um you see it on the streets. You see 25 jerseys. My friend owns a uh, basketball boutique in Melbourne, um, Kicks 101, and I went past there, and he was telling me that Ben's jersey is the second highest-selling jersey that he's got in the store. He said, we can't get enough. Um, the only issue with him is that he can't get enough stock from Nike to be able to sell to the to the public. So, you know, the demand is there. And like you said, this whole generation, my generation grew up watching Michael Jordan. We wanted to be like Michael Jordan. This new generation is going to look at Ben and say, hey, that's one of our own. 
you know, if he can do it, we can do it. So it's it's definitely a positive for the sport back home. Um, and Ben grew up in an area of Melbourne, which is only 10 minutes from where I live. It's like neighbouring areas. Um, so that, even that, just, you know, even for me, like growing up in Doncaster in Melbourne, Australia, I would never have imagined I am where I am now, like covering the league and being able to be a part of the league. And then when you take in, okay, Ben's from Box Hill, you know, if he can make it from Box Hill, anyone can make it. So going into that a little bit more, like what is what is the pulse of whether it's Melbourne, the country? I mean, the, the awesome thing about the old internet these days is that people anywhere can read what you're putting up on ESPN and ESPN Australia. But are we getting like, are there updates in uh, the daily newspapers, that sort of thing? I mean, is there a pretty steady stream of information coming in? Oh, it's gone beyond steady. Okay. <laughs> it's gone beyond steady. I mean, it, it's an insatiable thirst that the public has. And the mainstream media has caught on to that and they realize that people do want to know about this kid and they do want to know about Ben's journey and his story. So sometimes the storylines are a little bit forced because people want, they want people you know, to know more and more. How can we keep Ben Simmons in the news and what can we say today? So some of the storylines are a little bit forced, um, but it just goes to show you the attention that they're giving Ben Simmons because when Bogut was drafted, it wasn't to this extent, and he was our first ever number one draft pick, and it wasn't to this extent. And obviously, Bogut is not as naturally talented as Ben, but just to show you the way that the game has grown in just you know 12 years, um, it's, it's unbelievable. I've never seen anything like this before. It's funny thinking about the conversation over here in recent weeks that have seemed to pick up about... Is Ben a true rookie? Is he a worthy candidate of Rookie of the Year? I feel like we might have to track down the guy from Australian Parliament who advocated <laughs> on Ben's behalf around the All-Star game when Goran Dragic got selected and have him talk to some of these media voters when it comes to Rookie of the Year. Oh, absolutely. I can't remember that guy's name, but I had about 20 different Americans send me that clip once it you know, became viral. They were like, check this out. And I was like, that's how you know things have gotten serious when Parliament is like, you know what? Don't worry about governing the country today. We've got to take care of the matters that are important. We've got to make Ben Simmons an all-star. <laughs> uh, right around 16 points, eight rebounds, eight assists, one and a half steals. Did you see this from Ben, this type of impact so quickly in his first season coming? I did. Yeah, I mean, not to try and sound like... No, but I mean, you know, you've been following him with a certain type of interest for yeah, probably the better part of the last five, six years. Yeah, I mean, more. you've known this kid. We've known this kid is special, and he's going to be special. Um He's a generational talent, you know, and just to sort of go back to that rookie of the year debate, you know, obviously he's a rookie because he didn't play last year. So <laughs> that of makes course, him, yes. that makes him a rookie, but, and, and I don't want to discredit anything Donovan Mitchell has done or has been doing because he's had a phenomenal season as well. I would agree. But Ben is doing some historical, historical things. Um, you just can't overlook what he's been doing and just the names that he's being mentioned with in terms of, those numbers, Magic Johnson, Oscar Robinson, you know, it's always he's, oh, the first rookie to do this or only the second rookie to do that. It's You can't, you know, you can't not give it to him. I would agree. I mean, I think it's it's pretty clear to see how he's touched the 76ers in different ways. And I, I agree with you. I think that Donovan Mitchell really has had an outstanding season. If it ended up being a split, I don't think that would be – an egregious injustice to Ben Simmons. It's great that the league has two young talents that seem like they're on such a high trajectory, but just the different ways that Ben has done stuff. And I think um, it's something that Brett Brown has talked about a lot too, but just the 
demeanor and poise that he's gone about his business this year. And we just walked out of a shoot-around media session where you're hearing guys like Marco Bellinelli, who's been in the league a decade and won a title, J.J. Redick, who's been in the playoffs 12 times in 12 years, I think. They're talking about how a 21-year-old's demeanor and body language on the court has rubbed off on the rest of the team. Yeah, I mean, and since Joe's been out, he's been leading this team. Um, I think it was JJ that mentioned earlier about, you know, Ben's ready for this. Like, he's, you know, he's ready. He's not shying away from the moment. He steps up. He lives for these type of moments. And that tells you something. Like, this kid is a killer on the court. People talk about the shot. Oh, he's not shooting. He's a killer on the court. Make no mistake about that. He's going out there to win every single game. If anyone had any doubts about that, and it makes it even more funny to go back two years ago and listening to and revisiting what some of the chatter was, him coming out of LSU, like, oh, is he a winner? Does he care about playing with his team? All that. Um, you know, his ability to rise to the occasion, too. The game against Cleveland, it was like he came right out, ready to set the tone, and he had third place in the conference on the line. And, oh, by the way, his mentor is on the other side and is a pretty good player himself. And it was just like he was ready for it. And that wasn't a game that, you know, Cleveland was in a situation where it's like, oh, we've already wrapped up the number one seed. We're going to take it easy. They were jostling for a position. That was yeah. a huge, huge game. Cleveland wanted to win that game too. And the fact that Philly came out and, and did what they did speaks volumes. And again, without Joel Embiid, Simmons putting that team on his back and saying, you know what, wherever we go, it's because I'm going to lead you there. In terms of their philosophy or what they do on the court, Ben Simmons and Brett Brown, are there certain things about their style that is distinctly Australian, philosophically, worldview-wise, whether it's the way Ben plays, the way that Brett coaches and what he emphasizes? I, I would say probably more with Brett than anything else just because of the fact that he did spend, as he likes to remind us, and every time I ask him a question, that he did spend 17 years. <laughs> he also always asks you when he hears you, he's like, where are you from, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, well, now we've gotten that part covered because I've kept telling him that I was a huge North Melbourne Giants fan okay. <laughs> growing up. So we, we got that part covered. Um, but I'd say more with Brett um, and given the fact that he's coached Australia as well and he's done it on the international level. Ben is, I wouldn't say this, I mean, his physicality probably more than anything else because that's a, a trait amongst Australians. You know, we like to go hard. We like to play physical um, for the most part in past years. Um, you know, our players haven't been as quote-unquote talented, um, whereas Ben's got that, but he's still got that aggressive physicality. Uh, maybe that's coming from playing in a Australian, Australian rules football, uh, you know, background or not, but he's definitely got that. So I definitely see that. But in terms of his flair and, you know, the way that he plays the game, um, I wouldn't categorize that as uniquely Australian. I think that's more of his American side coming out. <laughs> It is um, an amazing story. Would you expect much different from him in the postseason? No, I, I expect him to keep doing what he's been doing. I think he's locked in. Um, I think he knows what the team expects from him, what he expects from himself, what it's going to take to win. Um, I expect him to shine. Earlier today, we were talking about a story all the way back from the fall about your experience in Philadelphia and the pulse of the city at that point in time. 
as far as expectations went for the 76ers. You'll do a better job telling it than I would, so uh, why don't you share so it? It's probably going to discredit me in the sense of, you know, you, you said I was uh, uh, <laughs> a dignitary earlier. This is probably going to show my lack of NBA knowledge, I guess. Well, listen, I, I'll, I'll say right off the bat, in full disclosure, I was probably more of the mind that you were. Yeah. We'll put that out there yeah. to start before this story gets underway. Uh, so we, we're here for media day, obviously, you know, getting ready for the season. And, and after I left, I was catching a cab or an Uber back to uh, – you know, downtown Philadelphia, and the Uber driver said to me, oh, he goes, where are you coming from? I said, oh, just from the facility. He goes, yeah, he goes, how was it? I said, it was pretty good. He said, you know what? With the talent this team has, he goes, there's no reason why they shouldn't win at least 50 games. And I was sitting in the back seat like, oh, yeah, right, mate. No way this team's winning 50 games. And now here we are, 52 wins later, and home court advantage in the first round of the playoffs, and... uh I guess uh, I'm the basketball expert. You know, maybe the Uber driver should be doing my job. <laughs> for a city that always gets its knocks for being hard on its teams and its players and perhaps not believing, I feel like in the last, and I'm probably biased, five, six months or so, maybe a Super Bowl run for the Eagles has a way of changing that. There's been an optimism. There were. It's funny, um, even listening to talk radio in recent weeks, there were a lot of fans who had them around that high 40, low 50 mark. And I, I'm i with you. Um, they made tremendous strides the Sixers did last year, getting to 28 wins. And you're like, even if you had 15 more wins on top of that, um, that's going to be a winning team, yeah, which right. I think a lot of people at the outset would have signed up for and said that would be fantastic. But 52 wins is a pretty substantial number. It's uh, One of my friends I was talking to about it, he was like, that's only six wins less than the Golden State Warriors. And when you put it like that, you're like, yeah, I, I, I guess that is Yeah, pretty I never thought of it like that either. I'm yeah. just like, you know, I was of the same mindset as you. 28 wins, I'm thinking, I thought they were probably going to be around 500, maybe just above this season. And like you said, that would have been another huge jump in their progress as a team. But when you take into account now 52 wins, 16 in a row, and just the composure and the stability and the way they've been able to play, even with Joel not on the squad, you know, for the last, I can't remember how many games he's missed now, what, 10? Around eight games. Yeah, something yeah. like that. I, I think that's been amazing. And I could be biased here because I am such a huge Brett Brown fan, but I always wanted him to be given the opportunity to be able to coach this team. You know, you look at those previous three, four years, he's coaching basically whatever, you know, he had. Now he's got a squad. So now it's like, okay, let's see what you can do. You know, we think in Australia that he's a great coach. We always have. Now it's like, all right, let's see it in the NBA stage. And he's done a very, very good job. Not to put you on the spot, but if you had to give a cutoff, top X number of coaches in Coach of the Year voting, where would he factor into that? If you had to give a cutoff line of which group he should be mixed in there He's with. definitely in the top two, three, easily. Easily. I mean... I'd, I'd agree with you. I think Quinn Snyder, you obviously have to talk about yeah. him. Dwayne Casey certainly deserves consideration. Yep. And Brett Brown's right up there as well. Yeah, and I think the way they finished the season only probably underscores that Absolutely. a little bit more. Absolutely. And then you look at the numbers as well, the defensive numbers and everything, and you know, you say what a great job he's done this year, actually coaching, being able to coach. <laughs> when you look at this series, Eastern Conference quarterfinal, 76ers in the Heat. The Heat, a team that doesn't have a ton of household names on it, but it's got a big body in the middle. That could go up against Joel Embiid. That has gone up against Joel Embiid during the regular season when Joe comes back. And Eric Spolster is a guy who's been there and done that. Much like Brett, gained a lot of playoff experience at San Antonio. Yeah. Um, I'm still going to go with Philly, though. I'm picking Philly to come out of this. Um, 
There was a. <laughs> I saw a picture. Of the I think Ben and and LeBron both posted the same picture on their Instagram the other day of you know them sort of just talking to each other. Post and I was just joking and I was just saying LeBron saying to him, "I'll see you in the conference finals." And the way Phil has been playing, even without Joel, I mean, I, they could make a very deep run this year. And I'm. I'm not going to be crazy enough to bet against them at this point. If my, I'm going to see what my Uber driver says on the way back today. If he tells me they're winning the championship, I'm going with Philly winning the championship. <laughs> Tremendous. We will leave it at that. Do not doubt your Uber driver's predictions when it comes to the 76ers. Nick Metalinos at Nick, M-E-T-A-L-L-I-N-O-S of ESPN and ESPN Australia. Always great to see you around, man. I'm glad that uh, in addition to talks on the side, we now have a podcast conversation officially on the books i appreciate it. it's the highlight of my career <laughs> please we gotta <laughs> find some more highlights <laughs> yes cannot have that nick conversation be the highlight of the career but we do appreciate you taking the time to talk thanks to dario Sharch for a few minutes as well thank you for listening 76ers and the miami heat game number one of the eastern conference quarterfinals from south philadelphia later on tonight at eight o'clock Hear it on the radio on 97.5 The Fanatic or other affiliates along the Sixers radio network. Watch it on television on NBC Sports Philadelphia with Mark, Ala, and Molly. Or if you're out of market and do not have access to NBC Sports Philadelphia, the game's being carried on ESPN. Look for a rewind edition of the podcast coming your way on the feed tomorrow. Looking back at game number one between the Sixers and the Heat. Have a good time watching tonight. See Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. All-inclusive vacations make life easy with endless eats, bottomless drinks, and never-ending fun. So booking an all-inclusive vacation should be easy too, right? That's where Apple Vacations comes in. Book your all-inclusive getaway with Apple Vacations and receive exclusive perks at select resorts. You'll find the best deals at Ryu Hotels and Resorts in Mexico, the Caribbean, and Central America. And enjoy a selection of exclusive non-stop vacation flights. Turn on easy mode at applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Visit applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Digital trends show up every day in business decisions and actions. West Monroe is the number one strategic partner translating technology into financial value for companies. The This Is Digital podcast applies West Monroe's two decades of secrets and best practices to your business's benefit. Favorite past topics from the last three seasons include how AI and the next generation of employees are shaping the workplace, becoming a product company, Highmark's journey, and what does it mean to put the customer first? Learn more at westmonroe.com.